0: Good morning, New Life. We are very glad that you are here with us today, whether you are inside, ready to worship with us. If you're watching from home, I don't think anyone is on the patio in the rain, but if you are, we're happy that you're here too. Um, We just want to get ready to worship together. One of the best parts about Sunday morning. If you want to know some things that are coming up, what's happening, how you can get involved, if you just look at that bulletin you're handed as you walk in, it shares about the prayer and worship night that we're having every Monday night during Lent. I welcome you to come to that tomorrow. We are focusing on prayer during this season. So we have a journal that if you pick up the last one at the baskets by the doors, it's completely finished. So you can continue to follow along in that with the daily guided prayer. We also have next week, last Wednesday is coming up. We're gonna be talking about marriage and relationships. Um, So it's not just about marriage, it's all relationships. So come and learn about that. Um, And we... Just look forward to any time that we can be together. So if you're new, if this is your first time coming, if you will stop at one of the connection counters and just say hi, we have a little present we would like to give you. And we also, um, who loved the rain when it first started? You can raise your hand, it's okay. And who is now ready for it to go away? Yes, okay, so we are in a season of waiting for the raininess to be done. And also, we are in Lent, so we are waiting to be able to celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made to redeem each and every one of us and his victory over death. So if you can stand up as we're getting ready to worship, look to your neighbor and just say, waiting is hard.
1: to worship Him today. You know, I don't know what you walked in here with, but I know this. I know many of us walk in and something in your life is magnified in terms of its size in your life. Maybe it's uh, something to do with health or relationship. In fact, if you look up at these altars, there are intercessory prayers up here that seem really large and they loom really large in our lives. And when we gather here today, we use language sometimes about who christ is and we say let us magnify christ now within the biblical context we know what that means it means that we're going to worship him we're going to lift up his name we're going to extol him But I also think there's something significant about saying, you know what, we're going to magnify Christ. We're going to make him larger in our life. We're going to increase our focus in on him. We're going to make sure that our intention and our affections are on him and not on the things of this world. Because he is the one who is worthy of praise he is the one who is worthy to be glorified and he is the one worthy of our affections and he's the only one that can do anything about these prayers that we are bringing before the Lord. So as a reminder from last week as we continue to worship I want to encourage you if you feel prompted to come forward and find a prayer, it doesn't need to be your prayer, that intercessory prayer praying for others and so find one of these prayer cards and If you want to, you can take it back to your seat during worship and pray over it there, or you can stand or you can kneel. But may we enter into a time of worship where we magnify, not just praise, but magnify by increasing the size of God in our lives, increasing our intention on Him. So Heavenly Father, as we worship, as we pray, as we intercede, as we magnify you today, God. May we encounter you in fresh and new ways. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship.
2: Yes, Jesus, you are the one that our hearts adore, not because of anything that we've done, but because you first loved us, God, and so we respond to your love this morning. God, we intentionally set our affections and our hearts on you today, God, you are our one true love, and we thank you for the ways that you have been present in our life this week. We thank you that you've already are on the move today and we just invite you into this space more and more. Change our hearts, set our hearts on you. It's in your mighty name we pray, Jesus, amen. You can have a seat. I'd like to invite our ushers forward. We're going to continue in worship. I'd like to invite them forward to receive our offering today. You know, this morning I woke up super early and couldn't fall back to sleep. And so I was reading in my devotional and it was talking about some of the earliest members of God's family of Isaac and Esau and Jacob. And he was using them as an example for how God's promise is not dependent upon human wisdom, human faithfulness, human resources. And the question in my devotional this morning that really got me thinking it said how would you actually live your life differently if you truly believe that your future could be empowered by God rather than human traditions and power structures? And it really made me think a lot. And it also, like, that's what we do each and every week in our services. We say, you know, God, you have the power of my life. I'm not dependent on my own power, my own resources, my own traditions, but but by your power alone. And so that's what we do each and every week, hopefully. And um, we just, I just, you know, I thought, I don't know. Oh, that maybe really made me think this morning. Maybe it might make you think this week too. And as Katie said, you know we are in Le- in the Lenten season, and the culmination of the Lenten season is Holy Week. And we have been praying about it, putting our plans before the Lord, and asking Him to truly move. We truly, He's He's I, from the people that I've talked to and stories that I've heard around New Life in the last few weeks. God is truly working in people's hearts as we as we strip away the distractions of the world and truly focus our hearts daily in prayer. God is truly on the move, and we believe that He's not going to stop and. Um, Also, that during Holy Week, he's going to show up in some mighty ways. So we have a few things that we would love for you to be a part of. We think that God's really going to to use it and move. Um, In your bulletin, there's more information. There's also um, these Holy Week cards that have a lot more details. Um, We're going to do, the last couple years, we started a a tradition of um, the prayer walk being open all week as interactive stations. We're going to do a journey to the cross this year. And so I think it's really going to be a meaningful time that you could come on your own. You can come with your life group, with your family. Um, We'll have like... Like, um, stuff for kids as well. Um, we're going to do our Passover experience again. We're going to have two offerings, an afternoon and an evening one, and we're going to finish it off um, before, obviously, Easter is the The real celebration. But um, we're going to kick it off with our uh, celebration Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And part of our celebration Sunday is baptisms. And if you have, if you're thinking at all that you might want to get baptized next weekend between our services, we're going to have a quick little informational meeting and a time of prayer so you can ask some questions. You can figure out what baptism is all about. You can even get some prayer um, if that's something, because we think that, you know, celebration Sunday is going to be a party. And so we um, just would love for you to be a part of that. And the last thing of our, of our Holy Week is our Good Friday service. We'll have that again at 6 p.m. on Friday. And so we were just, um, would you just join us in prayer over the next few weeks that God would just use Holy Week to be um, just a time of remembrance, a time of um, celebration, of reverence for Christ and what he's done for us. And so now um, Pastor David has some updates, some family updates.
1: Well, good morning, new life. So, um, yeah, just wanted to bring an update. If you've been with New Life over the last uh, several weeks, um, last month or so, actually, um, you know that we talked about a month ago about some of the challenges that we were facing in terms of finances. I wanted to bring you an update and just tell you a little bit about what the Lord has been doing. I, I wrote down some things. I, I, I talked with uh, Pastor Dan, who is over our HR and finances, and, and wanted to get kind of an idea of kind of where, thing, where things were so that I could bring you an update, and uh, first of and foremost, um, I know um, sometimes we enter into these seasons and we ask ourselves, hey, will, you know, God, are you going to be faithful again? And I just want to give you an encouragement that our Lord is faithful. Amen. And, uh, and he works through his people and he has been working through uh, new lifers. Um, for, for some people, they were already giving and um, there was 43 uh, new lifers who said, hey, you know what? I, want to inc- I feel just prompted to increase my giving. And so 43 new lifers said, we wanna increase our giving so that we can be a part of uh, making sure that we can do the kingdom ministry that new life has been called to do. Um, between um, January, when we made our announcement, Um, about some of the uh, financial challenges that that we were facing uh, to today, um, we have had an increase of 62 brand new givers who have decided to say, you know what, I wanna be a part of what's going on in new life. And so I just thank God for that. 20 of those are what we refer to as reoccurring givers. That means that they signed up online at, for re- reoccurring giving. And as I mentioned, um, if you're someone who uh, might consider reoccurring giving, I know that doesn't necessarily make sense for everybody, depending on how your pay goes and if it's like different each time. But for those of you that are able to do um, and set up reoccurring giving like you do for probably your mortgage payment and your bills and other other things, it allows us to budget so much better and so much more accurately and know the resources that are going to be coming in so that we can say yes to the things that God has been calling us to do. Um, That means, so if we had an increase of 62 more givers, that means, um, and I know this seems like a big number, but I I know that God is going to just... um, prompt people. That means if we had 117 more people um, who said, hey, you know I want to start giving somewhere. I want to broaden the giving base here and I want to make sure that hey, everyone is kind of doing the part so 117 more would get us to that 30% that we, were, that we just feel prompted. The Lord saying, hey, 30% of new lifers giving to the ministry and mission. If he surpasses that, that's awesome um, but we are praying for 30% so that we can say yes to the thing that God is calling us to do. So, a couple of ways that, um, again, if you're new to New Life or you weren't here that particular sun- Sunday, a couple of ways that you can be a part of giving here at New Life. One is that um, you can sign up online. You can use the app, you can go to our website, and you can sign up and become an online giver. It's a great way for, again, to, to do the reoccurring giver. You might say, hey, you know, I'm someone that, um, you know, for, uh, I like to give, um, um, but I'm not like here all the time. I work out of town or any number of things. And, and guess what, Pastor? I don't always um, carry uh, cash on me um, and, and things of that nature. We actually have in our Gather, Give, and Grow kiosk, we have an option that, um, right outside in the foyer where you can give. And so you can stop by one of uh, the Gather, Give, and Grow kiosk. It's a place where you can sign up for baptism. It's a place where you can sign up for a small group. But it's also a place where you can do a one-time gift. And if that's something that God prompts you in, in any given Sunday, um, and I'll be talking about something that might um, stir in you here in a moment, um, but that's a way that you can do that. And then as well as we're going to continue to pass the baskets um, each and every Sunday. And again, I want to remind us that these are opportunities for us to say, you know what? I am placing what the Lord has for me first. I am, you know, in in our current culture, money is king and so often in so many people's lives. And so when we choose to give, we are literally being rebellious, as we talked about last week, rebellious against the the kingdoms of this world and saying, my heart is not tethered to the kingdoms of this world, my heart is tethered to the kingdom of God. And so I just wanna encourage you as an act of worship to find some place to begin uh, practicing, um, that's really what it is, practicing the spiritual um, discipline of giving. Now one of the cool things that we have that's coming up, people ask all the time and, and we like to give updates about how we steward the resources. One way that we steward resources this time of year is through our camp fund. We, um, you may or may not know that we have the opportunity each year um, for our students and kids to, to go to camp and we're excited about that. Lives are literally transformed at camp. In fact, um, you know, I don't know how many people, just raise your hand if you went to camp when you were, when you were young. All across this congregation, someone who went to camp, encountered Jesus, made a recommitment for Christ, um, was called into ministry or missions, or even got a vision for their business or their vocation and how they could utilize that for God's glory. And so those are exciting, exciting things to do. Um, but camp is not cheap, and we don't want that finances to be the reason a student or a child from New Life can't attend camp. So we... Every single year during this time of year, we raise funds for our, um, for our camps and uh, make sure that students can get there and ha- be able to participate in that. So if you are a regular giver, um, know that you can just, um, if you want to add on to that, if you want to do a one-time gift, however you want to do If you have, haven't yet given, but that just prompts, stirs something in you, um, I want to encourage you to do that. And then one neat opportunity that we have this year is that we have um, missionaries uh, from our church that now serve in Zambia. And uh, they were here for a a bit, and they're going to be going back to Zambia. And guess what they do? They serve at a camp called the J-Zone in Zambia. Zambia, And so the Lord prompted me and said, hold on a second. We're going to be sending our kids to camp, but there's all kinds of kids in Zambia that would love the opportunity to go to camp. And so I began to talk with Brooke and Anders about um, what it would be for us to sponsor some of the camps. And, and we realized for less than $2,000, we, we could sponsor all three of the camps that they offer with over 200 kids at each one of those camps. And I thought, Lord... We want to do that, right? Like that's something that we want to be about. And so, uh, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to be able to sponsor um, those three camps for this year. And we're excited to be able to do that. We love it when people are called into missions. And it just so happens that Anders and, and Brooke, they were called into ministry out of Camp ministry here in the state. So they, they went to camp, they got a calling into camp ministry, they served at camp, and now they're in Zambia serving in camp ministry. So what a neat opportunity for us to have. And so I just want to pray that the Lord would, um, would just provide the resources necessary to get our kids to camp and to get um, those kids in Zambia to camp as well. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, all our resources are yours. We just simply steward them for you, God. And so we listen and lean into your Holy Spirit and say, God, how would you want us to steward your resources? How do we live with our lives and our hearts with open hands to say, God, everything I have is yours. Tell me how you want me to, tell me how you want to use my gifts that you have given me. Tell me how you want to use the talents that you have given me. Tell, you, tell me how you want me to use the resources that you have given me, God. My time, God, it's yours. All of it's yours because I am fully surrendered to you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm going to invite Micah Lewis up to the platform. He is going to be reading the Lord's Prayer for us today. So let's turn our attention to Micah and allow him to bless us with the reading of the Lord's Prayer.
0: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debts. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, if you're new to New Life this particular Sunday, or if you haven't been with us in a little bit, we have been uh, preaching through and spending time in the Lord's Prayer during this Lenten season. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to open it up to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 11 is where we'll be again today. Luke chapter 11. Luke is in the New Testament, or the second half of the Bible. You'll find Matthew, Mark, and then the book of of Luke. I also want you to do something for me. If you take notes on your phone, use that. If you want to take notes on paper, go ahead and take out that notes page in front of you that's in the one of the seat backs, and there's a pencil usually there. Do you know that we have a crew of, um, of individuals that go through the seats every single week to make sure those pencils are sharpened, and that those note cards are in there, and we are so thankful. So don't ever think that there's not a place for you in the body of Christ. Everybody has a a part because if you didn't, uh, if there wasn't people putting in those notes, you know how many times I'll get someone who said, I wrote down a prayer request or I wrote down a word that God gave me and I remembered it. I put it in my Bible and now a year later, that word that the Lord gave me is there all because somebody was faithful to stock those note cards and to sharpen those pencils. So don't let those go to waste. Make sure you, you they love to sharpen pencils. So if you grind those down, <laughs> They will resharpen them, and and it's such a great ministry, and we are so thankful for the individuals that do that. So here's what it says in Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Verse 3 is where we're going to put our attention today. Give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. You know, when we're reading this passage, we talked last week about kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven prayers. You hear even more clearly that language in Matthew's telling of Jesus teaching this particular prayer. But what I love about the Lord's prayer is that it bookends or kind of gives you um, two ends. And then everything, it's like the two pieces of bread and then everything in between. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bold, dangerous prayers of love. We love to pray those. So many of those are represented on these cards up here. And again, I want to encourage you, whether it's before service or after service or during service, let's join in interceding for the prayers that are represented. If you have new things that that come up, go ahead and, um, you know, again, there's cards up here or you received them when you walked in and you could write new prayers. We're going to continue to intercede for these prayers. Monday nights, we're gathering together. We had a great time of intercession this past Monday night at six o'clock. And so, so those are just awesome to pray those bold, dangerous prayers of love. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have like just the daily bread prayers, right? And then everything in between. And I love when you meet people that that know how to pray the spectrum of prayer. Dana's grandma, grandmother, Grandma Perry, she was one of those that could pray the spectrum of prayer. Grandma Perry was a, was a single mom and, and her two boys, um, Ronnie and Johnny, at 17 years old, they, they joined, um, they joined the Marines and went to Vietnam. They served two tours in Vietnam with what's referred to in the Marines, uh, uh for the Marines as the One Nine or the Walking Dead. The highest casualty rate of any, uh, of any platoon for, for Marines in Vietnam. Both of them fought side by side through two tours, and both of them came back. And I believe 100% that it is through the fervent prayers of Grandma Perry, crying out for them and saying, God, would you bring my boys home, that that they returned home. And so these, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven type prayers. She prayed for the salvation of her, of her boys. And, and I got to know my father-in-law after he came to know Jesus. And as fervently as he fought for this country, as fervently as he loved the Marines, and he would tell you about how, how proud he was to serve with the Marines, when Ronnie met Jesus, you couldn't be more than two feet from him, and he would tell you about Jesus. Like, that was his heartbeat. That was his passion. And, and later on in life, Johnny came to, know, came to know the Lord also. And again, I believe the fervent prayers of a praying mother was what brought those individuals, and they received Jesus' forgiveness and his transformation in her life. And then... I'll tell you a really crazy story. Grandma Perry lived in inner city uh, Indianapolis, and you know the neighborhood for so many years was was just thriving and hustling and bustling. And then all of a sudden, um, there was a group of individuals who bought the house that was near next to her, and uh, those individuals decided to um, do things like run drug operations out of it and and prostitution and all kinds of stuff. And Grandma Perry wasn't having none of that, and so. <laughs> And so she began to pray. And the very first thing that she prayed was she prayed for their salvation. Like, think about that for a moment. She said, Lord, I want these people to come to know you. Give me a way of, of helping them to come to know you, God. But, but if they're not gonna come to know you, God, when, then would you remove them from this neighborhood? Because this is just this is just not happening. This is destroying the neighborhood. And I see all these kids outside and they're gonna get sucked in to, um, to, to what they're trying to do here. And God, would you just remove him? And uh, um, and that house burnt down. <laughs> now, nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt, praise the Lord. But, but they didn't live there anymore. And so I sit there and go, God, here you have somebody who prays like bold, dangerous prayers of love and you, you watch God move in this way and that's awesome and it's good. But then Grandma Perry was also the one that would pray for a parking spot or pray for a good deal when she was walking up with like some clothes and be like, Lord, would you just give me a good sale today? That I didn't even know about. Like she would pray those daily bread type prayers. So there was the bold prayers, the miraculous things, and then there was the daily bread prayers and everything in between. In the language of the Lord's prayer is to ask God for everything from thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven to give us this day our daily bread. See, what we do is we so often segment our lives into what we think is appropriate to ask God for and what he doesn't need to bother with. What we think he wants to hear about and what we're kind of like, I'm not quite sure that he wants to know about this. We need to know the kingdom language of prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bold, dangerous prayers of love. But we also need to know the everyday language of prayer, which is give us this day our daily bread. The mundane prayers, the ones that are sufficient and just what is necessary there's a comedian that uses this phrase when people come and they say, hey, hey, would you pray for this? He's like, I ain't praying for that, right? I ain't praying for that. Like, sometimes you hear prayers and you're like, seriously, I ain't praying for that. I'm not, I'm not gonna pray for that. But what if God calls us to bring all things before him Amen. in prayer? What if it's not just about the prayers that he wants us to bring before him, but it's in the bringing of everything from daily bread to thy kingdom come that he changes and transforms our hearts? Maybe it's less about the prayer and more about the posture of prayer before God that says, God, everything I have from you. If you've been here very long, you've heard me reference Leviticus before and say one of the beautiful things about Leviticus. Yes, I said the book of Leviticus. One of the beautiful things that we learn from that particular book is that God cares about every aspect of your life. There isn't an area of your life that God doesn't care about. And so he cares about what happens in the temple and he cares about what happens in your vocation or the marketplace. He cares about what happens around the dinner table and in your relationships, he cares about what happens in the bedroom, he cares about every aspect of your lives. So if God cares about every aspect of your life, why wouldn't you bring every aspect of your life before him in prayer? He literally cares about everything. And I think that sometimes we are more teenage prayers than children prayers. Here's what I mean by that. When your kids are young and they come home from kindergarten and you ask them about what they did at school and they're in kindergarten, your kids, or at least my kids, would give me painstaking detail about what happened at the day, right? Like every little thing, we did this, and then we did this, and then I colored with this crayon, and then I did that, and then we learned about this, and my eyes were open to the whole world of kindergarten. But when you ask a teenager... How was school? Fine. (laughs) Good. Okay. And so you have to learn to ask open-ended questions, right? To try to draw out of them what actually took place. And I think that for many of us, we tend to pray more like a teenager than a child. We come to God and again, I'm not taught, simple is okay. Simple is okay. But what I want to encourage us to do is not just be like, okay, God, here I am. My, My life's fine. I'm good. Will you make our lives good? Or the thank you for this food, thank you for this day, amen. Like, I think our... Our Lord wants to hear our prayers and the specifics of our prayers. Again, not because he doesn't know what's going on. He desires relationship with you. He desires relationship with you. See, as a parent, I don't ask my child for a litany of what happened in their day so that I can just do a checklist of all the things that they tell me. I tell them because I want to get to know them because they're going to tell me about a friend that they met that they didn't know before. They're going to tell me about a conflict that's going on with a best friend that I thought everything was okay with. They're going to tell me about a class that is challenging and difficult. They're going to tell me about a class where they're excelling and they notice that they're gifted in it. Those are the things that I want to know as a parent, and your Heavenly Father wants to hear from you in that way as well. It's not about the floweriness of prayer. He's not grading your essays. He wants to hear you talk to him like a child, and give him every detail of what's going on. I love what the message says. The message just sometimes gets right to the point, and I think it actually beautifully articulates the original Greek in the message. It says this about give us um, each day our daily bread. It says this, keep us alive with three square meals. (laughs) Isn't that like just straightforward? Like Keep us alive with three square meals. In fact, if you go back to the original Greek, each day from sunrise to sunset, give us what is necessary. In fact, that's the David definition for today. From sunrise to sunset, give us what is necessary. Give us each day our daily bread from sunrise, from the time that I get up to the time I go to bed. Give us what is necessary. Man, that's a bold prayer. And there's really several aspects that I think if we unpack that phrase of give us what is necessary. From sunrise to sunset, give us what is necessary. There's kind of four, four different areas that I think are really helpful for us to understand. And the first one is this, that we would be present in the moment that when we pray that prayer that we are completely present in the moment because when you're present in the moment you know what it produces gratitude See, when you're always looking ahead or you're always looking back, sometimes you forget to be grateful for what is right in front of you. But when you pray this, give us each day our daily bread from sunrise to sunset, give me what is necessary. You learn how to be really present in the moment. And the reason it's important to be present in the moment and the reason daily bread prayers call us to be present in the moment is because when it comes to the bold, dangerous prayers of love, sometimes God is going to say, yes. Sometimes he's going to say no, and you've heard this message before. Sometimes he's going to say, Wait. And we 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 wrestle with that. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait, and there's a wrestling in there. And so he has called us to pray these really bold prayers. But the reason in the next breath he says give us this day our daily bread is because he also wants us to live in the moment and recognize all the yeses he gives us every single day. See, so often the reason we get so thrown off when God says no or when God says wait is because we don't recognize the numerous yeses he gives us in a given day. Because we think that somehow we are either just, you know, he's obligated to give it to us or he, we, we just miss out. We don't recognize it's actually from him and it's not from us. I mean, if you really went through just yesterday, if you really went through and said, God, what did you provide for me yesterday? How did I get places? Where did I live? Where did I sleep? What did I eat? Uh, did I have stuff to wear? What were the conversations that I had? How did I go into this place and that place? Uh, we're gonna have our general assembly coming up for the Church of the Nazarene coming up in, uh, in June. I'm not gonna be able to go, but I've been to it several times. And one of the most um, humbling, Heartbreaking like mixture of emotions I've ever seen is when some of our, um, our, our folks from countries where resources are really hard to come by come as delegates to the General Assembly and they walk into a Walmart for the very first time and you hear the stories of them weeping because they've never seen such excess and it's at our fingertips. In fact, you can have it delivered to your house. I get it. These represent heartbreaking stories that we're praying into, tear-drenched stories of thy kingdom come. I'm not minimizing that, but I don't want us to miss the fact that the Lord says yes again and again and again. And sometimes I feel like Sometimes I feel like, just like I do when my kids feel a bit ungrateful. Have you ever taken your kids to a really great time, like on a Saturday or, or a vacation? Here's how it would sometimes happen for us. We'd go out on a Saturday. We, we'd go to the movies. We'd go out to breakfast, and we'd go to the park. We'd do all of these things, Right? And then they would even be able to invite a friend over. And that friend would have stayed the whole day with us. And dad has his limit on people time. And so we're going on our way home and and they say, say, dad, 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 can can so-and-so spend the night tonight? And for the first time that day, I say, no. And you would have thought, right? You would have thought the world just stopped spinning. <laughs> and then I go, I'm, I've been convicted because I feel like sometimes I do the same thing to the Lord. He says yes and yes and provides and provides and provides and provides and provides. He says, I'm gonna teach you something through this situation. I'm gonna teach you how to be paid. I'm gonna change your heart in this situation. And when we are present, we can focus in on the gratitude of all the yeses and not have our world shaken when a no comes or a wait comes. The second area is perspective, and this one's tough because it goes into when that no comes, when, that, when those things happen. Perspective is about a release of control for the outcome. When you say give us this day, our daily bread, what you're saying is give us what you think is necessary, God. (sighs) No, God, I want you to give me what I think is necessary, what I think is important. But God's saying, no, 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 I'm going to give you what God thinks is necessary and what God thinks is important. And so it requires us to trust in the character and nature of God. Over and above the temporal circumstances that we find ourselves in, over and above the, the things where it's not quite coming together like we wished it would, that we would trust in the character and nature of God. I was privileged enough to, to be a part of a, a, funeral, a funeral celebration of life. I love celebration of life services where you know that you know that you know that somebody followed Jesus. And on Friday, it was one of those services for Ellen Robinson. And as we gathered together and Pastor Mike Sparrow was sharing, he reminded us of something that was so, that's so key, that we pray and hope for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But this isn't the only place that our hope is tethered. The answers to these prayers is not the only place that our hope is tethered because sometimes healing doesn't come. Sometimes it feels like cancer one. But our hope isn't just tethered into the outcome of thy kingdom come, thy will be done prayers. Our hope is also tethered to an eternal hope that says that one day Christ will return and he will make all things new. And so we have a different perspective when we pray Give us this day our daily bread. We don't just anchor ourselves to temporal healing. We anchor ourselves also to eternal healing and hope. And it also, this new perspective that God gives us when we go before him in daily bread prayers is that all of a sudden he gets to define what is necessary and sufficient as daily bread. So sometimes... What is necessary and sufficient for daily bread is not a change in circumstance, but a change in me. Sometimes what is necessary and sufficient is not a change in circumstance, but his strength rearing up in me. What sometimes is not a change in circumstance, but his peace overcoming me. Not a change in circumstance, but his love lavishing out on me. Sometimes it's not what is necessary and sufficient is not a change in circumstance, but a change in me, a change in perspective. Third area, persistence. Give us each day our daily bread. It is a daily, persistent prayer. It's not easy. I've been praying over these prayers. I I wander in here during the week. We're in here on Monday nights, we're here on Sunday. I've been praying over these prayers, and it takes a discipline to pick up a prayer and not just read it and set it down, but to pick it up and read it and begin to listen to what the Holy Spirit would have you pray for many times, for circumstances and people that you have no idea who they are. It takes discipline. Persistence takes discipline. Getting up every day and presenting yourself before God and saying, give us this day our daily bread takes discipline. Persistence, again, I don't want you to miss this because some of us think that persistence, here's how many of us think um, uh, of persistence. Persistence equals annoying God right? Maybe you've heard it this way. Dada, can I? Dada, can I? Dada, can I? Dada, can I? Right? So I feel like that for many of us, when we hear persistence, what we feel like we're doing is annoying God, but we're not annoying God. He actually invites us to be persistent, if you read on in the book of Luke chapter 11, you'll begin to understand that he gives this whole example of someone going to a neighbor's house at night and knocking on the door and he says, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to knock and the door will be open to you. So, so we're a little bit more like Sheldon. Sorry if you don't know the, the, know the reference. Penny, 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 penny right? Like, like, like we're just persistent knowing that he is going to open the door. He also gives us in Luke, in Luke chapter 18, he gives us another example. He gives us another example of, of an unjust judge who you have this persistent woman. And he says, if this unjust judge relents to the persistence, how much more your father in heaven who loves you. Be persistent in our prayers. He invites you to crawl up in his lap. He invites you to tell him again and again. He invites you to tell him about your day. He invites you to bring your bold, dangerous prayers of love before him on behalf of others. It's an invitation. You're not annoying him. He invites it because he knows that it's in that conversation that he can reveal more of his character and nature to you and he can transform your heart and he can strengthen you and he can can pour his peace in you. There are things that he wants to do in that conversation. Be persistent. And then he invites us to participation. Persistent prayer is not about strong arming God into getting him to do what He wants, we think you should do. Persistent prayer is about participation with God. It's where he invites us into his reality so that we can begin to live out our lives in that new reality. In fact, you see this in the Lord's prayer. You see this division in the Lord's prayer. You see the beginning of the Lord's prayer where where we pray, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's reality. Hallowed be thy name. He is our Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, would you bring your kingdom into this world? God's reality. And then he says this. Let me teach you how to live in this new reality. It's the rest of the prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. That's how you're going to live into this reality. You're going to be fully dependent, fully surrendered on God for everything. This is how this is going to work, this new reality that God's doing. In his kingdom, you're going to be fully dependent on him. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses or our debts as we forgive those. This is how this new reality works. You're going to forgive, Christ is going to forgive you, and at the same measure you have been forgiven, you're going to forgive others. So, in this new reality, there is no vengeance. There is no revenge. There isn't unforgiveness because he knows that all of that leads to destruction. So in God's reality that he invites us to live into, he wants us to learn about the immense grace that he offers us, the mercy that he offers us. He wants us to experience his forgiveness at such a level that it would flow from us to other people. Forgive us as we forgive others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Guess what? He's saying in this new reality, there is a spiritual battle that's going on. So don't be blindsided by it. That means that if we're gonna step into this new reality, what did we say uh, several weeks ago? We don't want to be spiritual streakers where we put on just the the helmet of salvation and we walk around thinking, woo, I'm good, right? We wanna have the full armor of God on. Right? We want the full armor of God on. So when we get this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're saying, God, would you help me armor up today? Because in this new reality, I want to have the full armor of God on. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so the first half of the prayer, the first half of the prayer is, Understanding the reality that God has made available to us. The second half of the prayer is how we're gonna interact and live into as citizens of this new reality, of this new kingdom. This is how we're gonna live. And so when Jesus teaches us pray, He's saying, This is what you're this is what's being made available to you, and this is how you live into it in a snapshot. And so we're invited to be fully present. With God. We're we're invited to see things from his perspective. We're invited to be persistent. And then he says, come. This is not an observational exercise. This isn't, hey, I'm gonna spend my 15 minutes of prayer with you, God, and then I'm gonna go live my life however I want to. This is, I'm going to spend my time with the Lord that he might shape me, that he might dress me in his armor, that he might dispense and remind me of his forgiveness so that I can forgive others, that I might know his character and nature, that I might honor and glorify who he is so that I might go and do the things that he has called me to do. And so I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. And I want you to begin thinking about that phrase again. Give us each day our daily bread. From the time you woke up this morning to the time you will lay your head down this evening, what if God gave you what is necessary? What is sufficient to just take your next step? To just do the next thing in your life? To just move from point A to point B? And when you get to point B, He gives you just what is necessary and sufficient to go from point B to point C, point C to point D. And you are just completely dependent on Him every step of the way. And what if you trusted him? That he loves you so much that he wants to guide and direct your steps. Proverbs reminds us, in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will make our paths straight. It's really easy to go through an entire day and not acknowledge him because we've got it all together. We can handle it. He doesn't call us to live that type of life. He says, acknowledge me in all your ways and I will make your paths straight. So the food that the Lord had for you yesterday, guess what? It was for yesterday. He has a new banquet prepared for you today. And so God, we sit at your table. and we partake of your meal. The word, the bread of life. And we ask God that you would order our steps. God, I pray for the person that that their heart might be stirring right now and they're thinking, I don't even know who Jesus is. God, would you, may they understand and may they know today that what you are offering them is life and life to its fullest. You are offering the grace that comes through the sacrifice of your son. You are offering the gift of eternal life. You are offering them the ability to be a citizen of your kingdom, to know you and to be known by you and loved by you. So God, teach us to walk in your ways. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Before you stand, I wanna remind you that at the end of every service, we have prayer servants up here. And we believe that when, when God starts to stir something in your heart about deepening your relationship with him, that it's one of the best ways to take a step towards that is to talk with somebody who's already on that journey. And so at the end of every service, we have individuals who have been walking with the Lord and, and, and if you're someone who's like, I'm not quite sure about this God's stuff. I don't know about it. We just invite you at the end of service to come down. They would love to talk with you more about what it means to follow Jesus, how to receive his gift of salvation, how to walk in his ways. And so we just encourage you to do that at the end of service. If that is something that God is stirring in you. Would you stand with me this morning? As you go today, may you choose to live your life from sunrise to sunset fully dependent on what God has deemed necessary and sufficient. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. We'll see you next week.